and gentlemen, welcome to 2022, a bright, shiny new year when we can put the disaster of COVID behind us and embrace a new year of new COVID, but also pop culture. And here to round off 2021 and dive into 2022, we're doing Eve of the Daleks, the Doctor Who New Year's Eve special that used to be a Christmas Day special, but now is not anymore. <laughs> Here to discuss, we have a fun, full house tonight of amazing guests, but uh, joining me as always, my intrepid co-host, it's a man who, the last time he told two women they should hook up, found himself charged with public nuisance, it's Stuart Light. <laughs> Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. I, I cannot speak about that for legal reasons. <laughs> How was your Christmas and New Year break, Stu? Well, it was I mean, fantastic. It's still going. I'm I'm still, still on going. holidays, which is amazing. Oh, uh, having a very very nice break. Trying not to read the news, except the news keeps crashing in on us. So yes, yes. Well, here we are. We'll be like a TARDIS, insulated from the external world. It's stuck in a, a time loop where we're constantly killed. Yes, that's right. Um, hooray! Let me introduce our other panelists tonight because I thought, you know what, let's get everyone involved and start off the year right. Uh, from Perth, please welcome from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast, it's Gregoire. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me back on. It's very exciting to be here. Yay. And our even more further away guest from the Best Pick pod, it is Mr. Tom Selinski in London. Hello there. And Tom, our best wishes go to you as you are recovering from a case of the dreaded COVID. Yes, I think recovering is probably a bit uh, a bit strong. I'm basically recovered. Recovered, uh, a few sorry. A few lingering after effects. Uh, yeah, I don't recommend it on the whole. Okay, so for everybody listening, COVID is real. Tom has had it. <laughs> Tom is not a fantasist. Tom is one of the most logical, rational people I've ever met. He's not the type for fancy, unless it's a science fiction kind of thing in which you're storytelling. That's a very different, you need a logical brain to write fantasy. <laughs> Take Tom's advice, do not get COVID, get tested, vaccinated, all of the things. Please do that now. Um, even if you have to switch off this podcast right now, go get your booster in. Well, I can't study on, Natalie. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Once this podcast is finished, please go and get all of your COVID things. Podcast first, public health second. Um <laughs> So that is our panel. We've got Stu, we've got Greg, we've got Tom, and then we've got me trying desperately to keep up in terms of Doctor Who lore. But we are going to discuss Doctor Who Eve of the Daleks. And I just want to kick off a bit of general discussion by saying I really quite enjoyed this episode and I would like to pat Chris Chibnall on the back just once. I don't want to be... <laughs> don't, don't overdo it. Like, you know. No. I don't just, just, too... just the one time. Just a, a kind, simple, solid, one-handed pat on the back going, you know what, I wasn't really that keen to watch this. I had to kind of convince myself and uh, obviously by doing this podcast helped. And then I was like, you know what, really glad I watched that episode. Had a really good time. Hmm. So throwing it out to the group, general responses. Well, I mean, for, first of all, I'll, I'll just say I, I agree with that. I, I did have a good time. I think this was a fun episode. I think it was propulsive enough that it was only afterwards that I had the questions. And there are so many questions. Um, but, you know, I think I think for, for what it, for what it is, it's very fun, and, and it's a, it's a very fun episode. There is a lot to talk about, but I will say that th this is a good episode and a fun episode. But it still has lots and lots of problems, and it's kind of telling that this era of the show is this is seen as like a high point. This is this is the very base level 
of what you should be able to achieve in a Doctor Who episode. And the fact that we, with with an interesting premise and and all that sort of thing, but like the fact that it was fun and the fact that it was enjoyable and mostly held up under its own internal logic shouldn't be things that we should be throwing out as praise, but like, here we are. But, you know, I had a good time, so it was great. Stu, I have a very low bar. You should know this about (laughs) me by now. (laughs) The bar is, it's a tape on the floor. It's a chalk. It's a chalk outline. At this point. It's a chalk outline in Greg, the shape of a TARDIS. Greg, your um, thoughts? I, to quote the Simpsons, it was a perfectly cromulent episode. There we go. <laughs> As in, I think it was fine. I was expecting nothing and got more than that. And um, and no, I mean, I hate to say it, I I don't think it was a good episode. I don't think it was a bad episode. It was definitely an episode. And yeah, that's just. I just feel I feel very average about it. Very, very. Eh, it's fine. It was. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, if I hadn't seen it, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but I just, I just can't. I don't know how else to put it. I, 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 I everyone's yeah. desperately, everyone's desperately trying to say it was really great, and I'm like, eh, it's fine, and, and that's that's good in this era, as she said, which is weird. Anyway, to be a hundred percent fair to all concerned, while I sort of generally endorse the point of view of the panel, I will say some of the reactions I saw online to the, let's not quite call it culmination of Yaz's storyline, because it definitely wasn't that, but the (laughs) inching forward of Yaz's storyline. There are people online that I've seen who have been absolutely overjoyed that uh, Mm. Yaz's feelings for the Doctor have been made something resembling explicit. And that representation really does matter to to some people and and therefore should matter to us. I forgot to write any of that in my minute challenge. So maybe <laughs> that's a good jumping off point before we do that is obviously Yaz is kind of forced to admit to herself that she has feelings for the Doctor that go beyond friendship. She has a deep attachment, dare I say, love for the Doctor. Now, this, I don't want to Which, label it. By the it, way, it's, it's hard to see why. <laughs> This is what I want to talk about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Stockholm Syndrome. It's this weird thing with the Doctor where I never know if the romance that people feel towards the Doctor is a, is a sexual love or if it's this weird mentor, father, I guess, slash mother figure. If it, All of the relationships that the Doctor has with companions who seem to have crushes on the Doctor or feelings for the Doctor this is just my reaction. So I can't speak for anyone else because, as you say, Tom, represent- representation matters. But they do seem to have this weird, they're not just a, hey, I fancy you, let's shag. It's it's all, it's all more than that. It's all this There's an old idea of, it, the old idea, like, you, you kind of go, oh, if you can only love, you know, back in the bad old days, it was like, a man and a woman, they love each other and they have babies and that's love. And then, and then people would, hang on, what about same sex? What, what about, you know, multiple couples? And it opened up a bit more. And then people remembered that, love has many different ideas like there's agape there's the there's a very mm. old idea called agape which is you know it's this sort of deep love for concepts and for for things and for for gods and gods have for you and all the rest there's this, there's, there's these different sort of love and i think once again it's it's river song said it in i think it's the husbands of husbands of river song she sort of said you know the sunset doesn't love you back which is she was wrong and all the rest but that was which is a great you know hello sweetie moment but it was that concept of you can love the doctor but the doctor can't love you and that's not necessarily true depending on the generation i mean the ninth the ninth was putting it about left right and center so you know <laughs> uh, the tenth. don't you mean the tenth don't oh the tenth oh yeah the, the yeah. ninth i think the ninth was repressed and the tenth came out of his shell that's a good point yeah. <laughs> came out of his pinstripe suit yes. um i guess that's the interesting question that they might try to answer over the next 
How many specials? Two? Three? Two. <laughs> two episodes. Let's, yes. not, let's not call them specials. They are episodes. They are going to be two 60-minute long episodes that I don't think will be enough time to explore this, and I don't trust the creative team behind it to do can, it justice. I, I, I just want to get it out there right at the start, and then everyone else can and, and pr- profoundly talk about it in much more clever ways. I really hope we get a Martha situation, or we get a, uh, a 12th Doctor situation where mm. he goes, I'm yep. the Doctor. I'm no one's boyfriend. And uh, yeah, I've made a mistake, and I have to fix this now. We've we've gone through all this already. I mean, generations can do it, and I know. It, I mean, in the in the world of the meta world of Doctor Who, as Tom was saying, it's important for representation to exist. But I really hope that this two thousand year old alien goes. Oh, Yaz, you're great and you're my best mate, but I'm very old and I've been (laughs) through some serious shit and I don't think of you in that way. And then like Martha, Martha found her feet when the doctor was like, I don't love you like that. I still want Rose. And, And Martha went off and saved the world by herself and became this incredible character, you know, became Dr. Martha Jones and all the rest. Mm. I, I hope that's the way that Yaz goes. I, 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 I personally don't want it to be, a lovey-dovey story, but I, and I maybe that's just because I'm I don't know old-fashioned or something. But I just think it's I don't know I, just, I I don't want the Doctor, whoever the Doctor is, whatever gender, to start falling in love with companions again. I'm especially after River Song, <laughs> after River Song, yeah. like we had River Song yeah. for God's yeah. sakes. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Exactly, we we kind of put a, a bright clear line on, under that yeah. whole concept. I think which doesn't which doesn't mean that you can't explore it again. For for me, I mm. I think that the big thing is that I I don't mind the overall sort of concept of like the doctor as a woman falling in love with a female companion. There's nothing specifically wrong with that in in, and of itself. It's the specifics of this particular relationship, which are on (laughs) on the face of it, an incredibly abusive relationship. Like my God, (laughs) she in in this, and they play it up in this episode Mm. to sort of put a lampshade on it. But this is how the doctor has been. The doctor has been treating Yaz as a doormat for the entire series. Like and Yaz she, turns around and yells at the other companions. Yeah, and then Yaz <laughs> talks it on everyone she, else. It's, she's it's like, "I love toxic, you, you suck," and you're like, "Toxic <laughs> relationship." If you were it's Yaz's awful. friend, you'd have staged an intervention by now. You'd be like, "Yeah, hey, exactly." You're like, <laughs> "The, no the doctor is not going to love you back here, Yaz. This no. is terrible." Yeah. Um, not to mention that the specific thing that um, our good friend uh, Nick Wiggins, friend of the show and, and friend of, of ours, I'm not sure whether you've had the pleasure, Tom, but he's a very a very nice guy, and he did point out to me, and it's something that hadn't even occurred to me that um, Dan effectively outs Yaz. Uh, yes, like oh, just yeah. just straight up, and, and I mean we're we're kind of working on the idea that the Doctor knows what's going on, and Dan has the emotional intelligence to also know that the Doctor knows what's going on, but. For all intents and purposes, the Dan just Dan basically just straight up outs Yaz as soon as well, he finds out that she she likes the and doctor. This is, and this is it's the weird. It's a weird beat. Well, this is the politics that I don't get. I mean, in in terms of moving forward as a society, hopefully we are in a time or we're moving towards a time when you could just go, oh, I think they like you. And it's not yeah, really a to me. It thing. didn't read like an, an outing. It, it read more like yeah. my mate fancies you. Yes, it, it, mm. to me it was like a school. It was playground. Mm. It was school. That's that's exactly how it struck me. So it's interesting hearing that from Nick. That that's how that occurred. Because for I guess for some gay people, it might be very obvious. Like wow, you've literally just told someone else who may not have 
share those same feelings. Yeah, that, that was certainly was, the context that he brought to it. He was yeah, like, oh, he just outed her like straight away. Yeah, that's really interesting because I didn't take it like that at all. I think like like I was probably similar to what it sounds like Tom was, which is just, oh, they fancy you. They like you. Do you want me to pass them a note in maths class? I was surprised <laughs> when, when Dan said it. I The re- reading I got from Dan was – Hey Yaz, Yaz fancies you, and I know you fancy Yaz. Stop. That's I got this when I was like, I've never seen that. Dan just seems to be like his eyes. Him's like, oh come on. She's Which, like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, and I was like, what? That's part I was a bit weird about. By Dan's like, oh, you both know you want to kiss, just kiss, and you're like, oh okay. This is it's the bit, thing. Mm, this is they? the thing that I was somewhat satirically having a go with with my intro for Stu, which I pre-wrote everyone so kudos to me starting 2022 with some new habits uh is it like it took a man to go hey ladies come on you guys like each other I'm the yeah. man here. Well, yeah, exactly. There, there's that aspect to it as well. <laughs> that, that could be a reading, but it's it's could it's, it's a mate maybe. Maybe it's just a, I know a, that, a, a but I just, that's what made me laugh. I wasn't thinking, oh, that's an outing. I was thinking, oh, dear, trust a man to go, hey, ladies, you guys can't see it, but I can see it. You know, I, I I don't think that's necessarily what they were going for. It was just something that made me laugh in my head because it's clearly... The broken. thing that I did take away from it and, and the thing that I think is positive is that, I mean, I, I, I don't hold out much hope that they're going to explore it in a satisfactory way in the next two episodes. I just don't think they're going to have the space. I think this is something, this is something that, you know, Chibnall has, has already claimed, oh, I always meant to do this. It's like, no, you didn't. You absolutely did not mean to do this initially, but you know, plans change and characters grow in the telling and all that sort of thing. So that's fine. But I think the thing that's going to really make or break this is how well they stick the landing on this because it's all very well to throw it out there but you can't just sort of say and now we've done it it's like no no there has to be a reason for it you know and they they sort of lampshade in this episode that the doctor does treat yes quite badly in several places Steve, you sound like you're worrying that there's going to be a lot of uh, very important sounding build-up, which is eventually going to lead us nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what could be giving me that fear, Tom. I don't know what could be giving me that fear, but I I, I have it. I have it for some reason. Maybe I like the idea of the start of the next episode. It just starts with the Doctor sitting in a house, the TARDIS in a garden somewhere, and the Doctor's like doing some some gardening and goes inside, and there's a very, very old Yaz in a bed. And the Doctor goes, we've had 50 wonderful years. And the Yaz goes, we have doctor and then yes just dies and the doctor's like off again bye doctor who hey doctor who and that's it that's all they have to do and the problem solved and then we, and that's everyone's happy they have a happy lovely life together. i would i would lay even odds on a version of that being the solution to what they eventually do like some sort of like time jump you know what it'll be it'll be like in um is it family of blood children of the horror the the timeless man the man with the clock with the watch with the, you know the one where he goes he's john smith and he falls in love uh, family yes, of human, blood. human nature, nature. Oh, human nature. nature. Oh, yes, thank you yes. Human nature, family of blood, and uh, he has that whole thing where he has a life with the other teacher, the female. He, see, he sees the life that might have been. He sees Jordan. the whole life, and it'll be something like that. They'll be skipping through fields. They'll be, <laughs> I don't know. What are, what are the jokes that lesbian TV late night writers tell me that they move in very quickly to get? Well, having said that, they did move in very quickly into the TARDIS together, which yeah. lesbian TV tropes tell me is a thing. They'll get a cat. They'll get another cat. <laughs> well, they got Dan. Um, <laughs> and, they got, and they got a dog, so you know. They got a mank. No, no, he's not a mank. Damn it. No, no, he's from Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, he's a scoundrel. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so they'll they'll do all the the fun lesbian tropes for pop culture completeness and um, uh, move on. It's an interesting factor, isn't it? I think it's because Doctor Who is that show that kids love, and and this is the interesting thing about representation is that they've had to deal. How do you deal with straight love affairs in what's ostensibly a kids show about time and space? You know, like how do you deal with mm. how did they deal with Rose kind of being in love with the Doctor and wanting to make kissy face and you know, and then obviously we've moved on 15 plus years. So now you're dealing with, you know, same sex relationships or oh attraction, that kind of thing. So it's really interesting because it is a kid's show. How much do you, or it's, you know, kid family friendly. I'm not trying to say talk down to kids, but there's got to be, they've got to walk a line there, don't they? Of what's, you know, how can you show deep love and friendship and positive representation, but without the, because I, I just know a lot of Greg, for example, here has a nephew who's 10 who's like, eh, kissy faces, gross, romance, ew, <laughs> no matter who it is. So, oh, I'm pretty much there myself. Don't blame my nephew. That's like, I'm, I'm very old school who. Stop kissing everyone, doctor, for God's sakes. No hanky panky in the TARDIS. Thank, thank, thank you. Uh, I'm done. 80s producer John Nathan Turner would often say. Yes, we, look, we've, had, we've done that. We, we've, we've all suffered through it. It was a lot of fun. Now let's just get back to having fun adventures, Amy, shall we? Thank you. Can I, just dive, can I just tangent, though? How good would that be for a Doctor Who up late night thing? Imagine going to, like, all of the great orgies in history in the TARDIS. Like, I was, I've just been watching a documentary on Netflix about the Times Square torso killer. Now stay with me. Um, <laughs> Back in the 70s, Times Square was the denist of iniquities. <laughs> you just incredited. Yeah, well, it was a den of iniquities, but it was the denest. It was the most den-like right. of iniquities. Yeah. Right. And so anyway, there, there was a guy and he, you know, murdered sex workers in a hotel, cut their heads off. No big deal. Obviously <sighs> a big deal. I'm joking for comedic purposes. Please remember that. Did I just hear Stu? Did you just sigh, Stu? No, I, I didn't sigh. <laughs> Did somebody I think, sigh? I think it was me. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm joking for hyperbole. But the, the point is, is that in the 70s in New York, I knew it was a depraved place from what I've known about Times Square. I didn't realize how depraved. They were putting everything on there. Like to, I, I cannot even understand how a decade that produced the moral majority also had this much porn. Actually, wait, I've just worked it out. Um, <laughs> but it, it, you know that human beings if there's a weird like kink or fetish, they will do it. So you know that if humans have a time machine and the opportunity to go to weird kinky fetish things, they would be doing it. Like the fact that no- I point not- to the internet. The moment the internet started becoming a thing, rule 34. Okay, yeah, I, good point. You don't really need of a course, time machine, of course, Natalie. But, no, no, no. If you're, if you're Jeff technology Bezos- technology is used for boning. That's what it's for. Yes, if you're Jeff Bezos- Rule 35, I believe, is uh, yeah, if it exists, there is porn of it. Yes. Ah, <laughs> if you think space. the Doctor Who porn parody doesn't exist, let me assure you that it does. I don't know that, but I do know that. <laughs> I did not know. Th- okay, well, all of my yes, previous- I don't know that, but I do know that. Suddenly the term big finish has a very different meaning. <laughs> <laughs> wow i think greg wins the podcast <laughs> happy 2022 everyone <laughs> and good night doctor who, hey, doctor who. <laughs> if you're expecting us to go up a step in class in 2022 i think we just answered that question um, i just had a, i just had a, a serious like it's, it's serious but also silly idea with the Yaz and the Doctor relationship. Let's say they do get together and, and in two episodes they manage to they do it properly and yay, they have a lovely relationship. Wouldn't it be amazing slash awful? <laughs> I don't know how to read this yet. I'm not too sure. If the Doctor regenerates but regenerates into a dude 
and then goes, oh, oh yes, I love you. And Yaz is like, oh, no. Th- no. That was actually that, that was a gag. That was oh. a gag in um, the Curse of Fatal Death. Of course, yes. where at the end uh, he regenerates into Joanna Lumley, and and uh, the companion says, "You're you're literally not the man I fell in love with." Yes. So could you could, with that? You can't you can't write that. You couldn't. That would not be a nice way. People would be well, very angry and rightly so. But, but it'd be one of those things tricky. of. But but I. Do I love you because you're you're a woman? Do I love you because you're a man? Is Cans of worms being opened and flung around the room. I think that's uh, too can of wormy because there's the mm. the whole philosophy now seems to be you fall in love with people because of who they are, not because of bits. junk. I don't I don't know how to. I, I'm again. No, no, no. I, not, I think my day when you fell in love because of who your parents were. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's and I think it's not you're right. Doctor Who's not will, <laughs> Doctor Who is not the sort of place where this is going to get deeply explored. So yes. no. yeah, not uh, this Doctor it, Who it, anyway. It's, it's an interesting point. All right, in the spirit of a positive working partnership into 2022, because I'm <laughs> every year that goes by, I remain somewhat incredulous that Stu continues to podcast with me. Uh, Stu, <laughs> <laughs> Stu, would you like to go first with the minute challenge? Or would uh, you yes, like I can. I... You, you have Stu's choice. No, that's all right. I can go first. We can get it out of the way. Um, so uh, the first thing I wrote was, uh, even with their fancy new guns, the Daleks can't shoot straight. Uh, so <laughs> well, They don't need to. They can just fire 800 shots. And well, that's true. That's true. Like, We've worked it out. <laughs> yeah. We saw The Mandalorian, didn't you, Stu? Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. I absolutely treasure that incredible scene where two stormtroopers, just with nothing to do, just sitting around waiting, set up a tin can for target practice and are just completely incapable of hitting it. I thought that was incredible. I laughed my ass off. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny. I mean, like basically in this in this episode, the Daleks can shoot you if you need to die, otherwise they couldn't hit the side of a bus. And thank it's goodness they, they did upgrade their weapons. Otherwise, it could have taken them a week to get through that very right. yes. aluminium yes. sliding door. Exactly. <laughs> Especially, all it takes is a scouser turning left, and then you get, they're like, oh, yes! you're so clever. He just keeps turning left. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I meant to write that down when I wrote that. When I saw that bit, I went, I have to write that on my minute challenge, and I totally forgot. But, yeah, he just is running around. He's just running circles around a Dalek. That's all you well, need to do. Can, can I just say, like, I, I thought that this episode was notable in that it finally canonicized a long-running online fan theory about the current iteration of the show, which is that Evil Dan makes an appearance. <laughs> um, that was ab- that was absolutely Evil Dan. Come on. <laughs> Have the clips been made yet? Out of that? I think Evil I think Dan? it's out. I think it's out there. I think uh, the 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 account that usually posts them basically just posted that clip, like with mm-hmm. Evil Dan enters the chat or something. But this is this is the thing about the Daleks. They sometimes are up for a chat. So he rocks up to go, I'm going to keep this one busy. And he just pretends to be a guy looking for storage space. And the Daleks, <laughs> and the Daleks seriously going, oh, mate, you've got the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> like, Jog on. Dalek. It just shoots everyone. What, it- the thing that you have to remember about the Daleks is that they're not just killing machines. They're also sadistic. They're evil. So they want you to know that you're about to die. And so they, he has to explain to Dan, he's like, hang on, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm not just some service robot. I'm going to kill you now. And then when he realizes what's going on, he's like, oh, hang on, hang on. You've been, you've been messing with me. Oh, you're so clever. <laughs> oh, of course. How could anyone think I was a service robot? Oh, silly old me. Oh, what am I Oh, like? well, exterminate. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I was watching that. I was like, he's just 
literally running rings around a Dalek. How is that even possible? But I suppose it is. But with the guns, as Tom mentioned, the the or someone mentioned about the guns, were they different? They were different. They were like machine guns. So they Dal- could shoot Dalek guns. because normally when I've seen Daleks shoot, they shoot one person at a time and they go, Bleh. but this time they had to shoot multiple at a time. Mm. They were shooting this was like- an executioner Dalek. It was a whole new type of Dalek that had had a Gatling gun on the front. <laughs> but 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 they didn't they didn't seem <laughs> to have the money to really do a proper upgrade. So they just switched out the the gun uh, yeah. placement. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise, those are absolutely the existing bronze Daleks that have been in use since two thousand and five. Mm. Yes, I feel like they the new, the new paradigm Daleks, whatever they're called, the new ones. The no, the we we don't talk about them, Greg. Oh, the the show don't. certainly doesn't. Oh, okay, what? the Teletubby Daleks. <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to say they're the bright, colourful ones. Yes. Yeah, they were lovely. They were nice. They were pretty. What happened to them? They people got people instantly hated them, so they just never brought them. I, I think they they made an appearance. They they make like little background appearances sometimes when there's like lots of different Daleks. Oh, I see. Um, so they're just in, in one of the episodes. They tried to explain it by saying Daleks hate everything that's not them, and the new paradigm Daleks were different enough to the original Daleks that the original Daleks were like, "We're not having this," and they wiped them out. They were a different society of Dalek, and the Daleks okay. just weren't. I can't remember where I got that from. Maybe I dreamt it, but uh, <laughs> it it seems to be right. Greg's dreams, where all your Doctor Who dreams come true. Right. <laughs> especially, especially the big finished ones. <laughs> oh, <dear>. <laughs> <laughs> the next item on my list is uh, Aislinn B is really good in this uh, episode. I really liked her. I thought I uh, wrote Aislinn B. Aislinn B. Because you, you're a you're a mate with her, aren't you, Tom? I I I, I know her. Yeah, I don't know if she would uh, uh, invite me her to her wedding, but yes, I know her. Uh, and uh, I'm incredibly pleased to say that she's absolutely, for me, the MVP of this episode. Mm. And it's hard for me to tell whether Chris Chibnall just had a moment of inspiration or whether a performer like Ashling can just elevate the material and make it work. Mm. There's a, a particularly dreadful Woody Allen film, which actually I can't even remember what it's called, but I remember just watching some really good actors just wade through this dreadful dialogue like treacle. And one actor in particular just managed to look the other person in the eye and say this drivel and make it sound like it meant something time and time and time again. And that was Anthony Hopkins. Uh, So I think what I'm saying is uh, the campaign for Ashley B's Oscar starts here. (laughs) Well, she's going great. She's got all sorts of fingers in pies at the moment. She's got series coming out and I keep seeing her popping up in all sorts of things. She seems like a real human being, as as in how a modern person would actually behave yes. if, if Doctor Who turned up with Daleks. Everything about her, you're like, yeah, that's a, this is all rubbish. What's what a stupid thing that is. Well, that and, and she tries and she very rightly tries to escape yes. at one point. Like that's she's right. like, I'm I'm going to leave this nightmare yeah. scenario and I don't know any of you people, so bye. And and you in normally fact, when that happens in said Doctor it's, Who it's her fault. One went, Oh it's my fault. Sorry about this. Like, well I'm out. Bye. You're you're on yeah. your own again. Which is absolutely how it should be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, it just sort of it, it's the sort of thing where a character does that in Doctor Who and normally it's coded as oh well they're a bad person and we, we shouldn't like them. But in this one it's just no, that's absolutely what you would do in that situation. And the the episode recognizes that and sort of lampshades it. It's really good. Normally they have- they're brutally murdered and then yes. that's and that Which- was, it's it's like being be a virgin in a was. horror. F- well, she was, yeah. Normally, that's like a you're a virgin in a horror film. You're brutally. <laughs> well, no, 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 not virgin. If you're if you've had premarital sex, you're brutally murdered. And everyone goes, well, that's the reason. It's the same in Doctor Who. If you're if you're naughty. So uh, one of yeah. the things I've been I've been complaining about with this run of the show, basically since the woman who fell to earth, is the dreadful tendency 
to have the exciting action adventure plot screech to a halt once or twice per episode so that characters can have a long talk about their feelings <laughs> in yes. ways that don't affect the plot. And this is dreadful writing because the let's talk about our feelings scenes make the shooty bang bang scenes look silly, but the shooty bang bang scenes make the let's talk about our feelings scenes seem dull. Mm. Uh, and so it is the worst of all possible worlds. And a reasonable objection to that will be, well, surely you want there to be both excitement, action, adventure, and you want there to be character development. And look at what happens here with Nick and Sarah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their whole relationship is about how they survive this encounter with the Daleks. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work without it. Everything is integrated. So we have plot and character and theme, because this is about giving people second chances. Yeah. Yeah. All integrated and all working together. I think that's so what I like. Why in God's name can't he do it with the regulars? <laughs> once again, yeah. get nothing to do. We know yeah. more about Sarah in 10 minutes than we know about Yaz, who we were first introduced to in 2018. Yeah. yeah. And they literally, like, again, the stuff works in that, first of all, the fact that her mother calls her and you hear it several times at the beginning New Year's is a wonderful time to meet men. Like, it's there. Her <laughs> mum is literally saying it to her. And she's, like, dismissing this guy. Now, I'll bring it up here. It is from my list. But um, at the top of my list was exterminate. That is a quality pun. I will stand by that pun. The fact that he gets exterminated by the Dalek for that pun is hilarious. The only the only thing about it that's a bit shonky is it's a, a weird setup that, like, he keeps all his ex's stuff in a storage unit. Yeah, can I just say, it's on my list. Um, Nick is absolutely a serial killer. Like, you want to talk about that. I do love, I I like a lot that the episode does sort of, like, immediately go there. Like, everyone, like, that's some good acting, where every single person, without saying a word, is, like, looking at each other going, oh, this guy's definitely a serial killer, right? All the the women, all the women are like, "Mm." (laughs) Uh uh-huh, okay, yep. Um, so these are trophies, yes? Uh, yeah. But, you know, then he's like, oh, no, I actually, like, just bring things that my exes left at my house. And I'm like, no, I don't buy that for a second. You're and a serial is, killer, my yeah. friend. And this that, is what that's I what's mean. going on there. I, I think that was designed to set up for this ex-terminate pun. That's sure. why it's yes, so exactly. weird. Because it has to be that weird so the ex-terminate pun works. But I I'm willing was, to all forgive of the, it. All of the big stuff here works, as, I, as I've articulated with Sarah and Nick. It is frustrating that almost none of the little stuff works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like almost nothing about this facility, Sarah's running of it, or Nick's habits make any sense at all. Okay. Let's just take as an example the fact that Nick has turned up at this facility with this peculiar, possibly serial killery habit of (laughs) stashing his ex's stuff there. And uh, meets Sarah, who he fancies. And so his tactic now is not to return every other day or every week. It's to come back annually. Yes. Because that's what he, he thinks is going to be his best chance. He, has a, lot of, he has a lot of relationships, even though they're only two or three days. That place was full <laughs> of crap. Yeah. He is popular. That man is well, some well, Greg, some them? Last longer than longer than others. Well, that's right. Like he's, also, he, he said that, two to three days. That and, Monopoly know, set was not a new Monopoly set. No. That was like a vintage Monopoly set. So yeah. he's He dated like a 75-year-old. Yeah, he did. He gets around. <laughs> it's probably how he pays for his life. He, like, he dates someone much older, they die. Oh, no. Oh, he's an escort. Uh. Maybe that's what they mean. <laughs> he takes trophies from his, he's like Juice Bigelow. Um, Doctor Who meets Midnight Cowboy, the crossover <laughs> none of us wanted. Yes. <laughs> 
It's this is that okay. So I just need to add on to Tom here because this was on my list. I spent four hours last Friday and about two hours last night as we record this sorting out a big storage locker move for Act React, my theatre company. We have a lot of stuff that is worth absolutely nothing unless you're doing productions <laughs> and you need stuff quickly. So I have a storage unit. All of our stuff got too big for the small storage unit unit I've had to do a new storage unit I am so across self-storage units at the moment <laughs> that this episode could not have come of a, a, a better time for me to, that the first 10 minutes of this until the time loop kind of kicked in I was like this makes no sense they do to their credit say hey most places have access codes now and she says well that's because they can upgrade their facilities Yes, but also people, you don't, who has keys? You, you you put a lock, a padlock on your own storage locker. You don't keep the keys at reception and have to get them. You get in yourself. Like what they're doing would not, even five years ago, you wouldn't have had this whole, like and, returning and again, to the hotel. And fixed with a, with a pencil stroke. She has to buzz in through. Yes. It's, it's, mm. it's such mm-hmm. an easy fix. All these are easy fixes. Mm. Yeah, true. And, and then he's the only customer somehow. Yes, yes, yeah, seems to have more employees, at least two. Mm. Uh, yes. Than it does customers, uh, and yet has been in business for three years. Mm. And at least, well, it's it's I mean, been they're, they're hemorrhaging almost, money at this point. It's almost five years because she inherited it, and she says at the end, her mother, I, I ran a business myself for almost five years. It's like, no, you ran it into the ground. <laughs> it, was, it was it was long dead before you blew it up with fireworks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just the storage unit stuff and the fact that this this fictional employee of Jeff, who I I. Was he the guy at the end? That's what I had on my no. list. Was he the no. guy at so, the end? So I, I looked this up because I thought that too. I was like, wait, is that Jeff? He seems okay. very happy that he all stuff Yeah, he seems very up. happy that he that, like he all his stuff, plus yeah. I'm pretty sure he was living there. Yes. Uh, like, so uh, no, that is the crane operator from the first episode. So the woman who fell to earth, okay. there's what? a crane operator in that who has like a little moment. Is that, but isn't uh, that in Sheffield? What? Yes. Yes. It makes no sense. Why was, does it matter that, is, is it just like bringing a friend back and doing, like, it must, that must be like a, what? Why? It's what? absolutely bizarre. Is it supposed there, to there be? There is no real functional reason within the episode and very little functional reason outside of the episode I can think of. And also, why did he say, oh, just for me, no one else around? Everyone would have seen that. Yeah, yes. exactly. It was a large, <laughs> a large explosion. <laughs> Like an implosion of a building plus fireworks. Yeah. That is noisy. Very it was super weird. Um, I don't know why that happened. Maybe he won like a Blue is it blue Peter a competition or something like that. <laughs> After having already appeared in the show. Yes, he got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think uh, for me, I guess to circle back is the storage unit stuff really annoyed <laughs> me a lot of it because I was like, because the thing is, is that there was fun in saying, you know, don't store anything flammable or could be explosive. That stuff was fun. The fact that obviously Jeff is running some kind of business selling, you know, holiday stuff or whatever. He Discount beans. And yeah, the weird <laughs> out of date expired beefy beans, which I maybe, thought was going to come maybe back. Jeff I, is the serial killer. I, I thought that was a weird I, bit where the doctor recites that list of things you're not supposed to store, which yes. she didn't hear. She didn't yeah. hear. No. Sarah I told that to Nick. It was it was about the oh, um yeah. I think it was a drug lab, <laughs> like a meth lab or something. That's what I took it to be. Because she said, now Yaz, these are definitely the kind of things you'd look at and say they could have if it ex- were to explode, it would have devastating and explosive consequences. Oh, yeah, like except that. she had not heard that spiel. She had not heard that, but see, I thought that was a hilarious, like, oh look, the doctor 
I don't know. I I did notice that in the moment. I went, she didn't hear that, but at the same time, I thought they were being clever. I thought it was Jeff, Cliff Chibnall. Cliff Chibnall? Chris Chibnall. <laughs> being, <laughs> I thought it was Chris Chibnall going off a cliff. No, um, being clever and being like, that's like a line that people say. I know it's not. I don't know why I rationalize it. It's not a thing that any human being has ever said in the real world. <laughs> no. But I think, again, I think that he wrote that first and worked backwards to her or he thought it was such a fun line that he wanted to repeat it. Anyway. I um, think a version of the script, maybe even something that they shot, had her saying that spiel to the Doctor and they just maybe, uh, like that that's being charitable. Otherwise, he just included two characters saying the exact same thing for no reason who have never interacted in that way. He remembers writing it. Yes, so yes, exactly. The Doctor can remember it having been said. <laughs> I think it's as simple as that. <laughs> This, this ties into my idea yeah. that you, you imagine the, there are second drafts of these scripts. There are no second drafts. No. <laughs> this, this is now evidence for my theory um, of the the timeless child concept, where the Doctor is there's only one being in the universe, and that's the Doctor. We're all the Doctor throughout yeah. history. We all regen when we die. We don't die. We just regenerate into someone else. So you are yourself, <laughs> your partner, your parents, and your children, and everyone in the universe are all the Doctor. So this is just the Doctor remembering when she was Ashling B. That's all. That's what it is. That's what it was. So it all makes perfect sense. My theory is watertight. <laughs> Despite all of this weird stuff with the storage unit, I, I bought in because Ashlyn B is great. And so that, yeah, I that's, that's all, my yeah. final point. Almost none of the small stuff works, but almost all of the big stuff does work. Mm. The, the core relationship is really good. Uh, I genuinely didn't know how they were going to get out of it. I'm not entirely sure how they did get out of it. It made a lot of sense. <laughs> but There was a decoy plan involved. It, yeah, sort of. Uh, but, you know, it kept me guessing. It even sort of made sense of the fact that this version of the Doctor is pretty unlikable because one of the problems <laughs> she has is how can she get these people that she's only just met to work together and trust her when mm. clearly she's insane? And I love that <laughs> Ashley B's first instinct is, well, screw you. <laughs> I'm not putting my life in your hands, love. I'm going to solve this on my own. It all yeah. makes it all makes perfect sense. And it was a perfectly pleasant and, way to spend an hour. And also, Ashlyn B had the lovely moment where she worked out before anybody else did, or at least the doctor had worked it out but not told anybody, that if you die before the cutoff time that's left, you die permanently. Yes. Well, yeah. that's a bit fuzzy, isn't it? There's this Until you don't. The, the, <laughs> Until, the, the, yeah. the, the loop getting shorter, but we never see midnight. Mm. What actually happens is the time loop resets when everybody dies. Dies, yes. So we yes. don't really get a sense of the, the loops getting shorter. They, they're all sorts of different lengths as the episode goes on. So that was a bit fuzzy. Actually, I, I wonder, yeah. I, I haven't gone back to watch this again and clock this, but was it the time loop resets when the doctor dies? Was the doctor the last one to die in every single loop? Because he was, I, he was linked to the TARDIS, everyone, right? Like I'm not, everyone, I'm not misreading that. Like, like the time loop was created yeah. by the TARDIS reset. Yes. So was it the fact that the doctor was dying was resetting the, the time loop? Does that well, make sense? Did, like, yeah, she did die last on a couple of occasions with other people. But you're right. I'm trying to think of when was there was there a loop where she wasn't the last to die? Because I think that was the trigger. I think when the yeah. doctor dies, the loop resets. Yeah. But it wasn't always a minute shorter. That was that was right. That yeah, that's, which is thematically, yeah. it's a countdown. It's 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 yeah. a countdown to New Year's. The, the penultimate one is way shorter than the last one. Yeah. Yes. And, they, and they also, in the penultimate one. 
because um um Sarah's character gets upset and says if if we don't save Nick this time he's dead forever because he dies between this minute and that minute and that means he'll be dead for the next one and it was, and that gives a kind of oh no there's suddenly stakes here it's not just mm. yeehaw let's let's keep dying and have some fun but then they seem to drop it they run around and save him but then they're like the next time around they're like ah eh, it's fine even though it's two this minutes is a problem with, and he'd be dead he'd be gone this is a problem with time loop stories in general isn't it it means that. Uh, Yes, we can have the fun of keeping on killing people, but the stakes drop to zero if you aren't careful. Mm. Uh, so there's uh, examples like the Next Generation episode Cause and Effect, where the problem is figuring out you're in a time loop. Mm. And if you can't figure that out, you'll be stuck in it forever. And that's where the stakes come from. Uh, or, or rather brilliantly in Palm Springs, where yes. the, the problem is not that you die and time resets. It's that what you don't want to do is nearly die. Yes. <laughs> Because then you just suffer for days. What a days wonderful idea! Or what a weeks. wonderful idea! It, oh, it takes it oh, takes one character weeks to die at one stage. <laughs> yes. yeah, that's the um the the, the Brooklyn Nine Nine one, isn't it? Yes, the, yeah, 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 that is a great movie. Really good. It is yes. Highly recommended. People, it's things people are like ah oh, screw it, and they're just walking in front of trucks because <laughs> yes. you're like I'm not going to get out slowly. I'm going to make sure I do this quickly. Uh, yeah. and so there's a there's a bit of in uh, what's it called live die repeat the Tom Cruise film there's a <laughs> bit of slightly iffy narrative sleight of hand where he just somehow knows that his ability to reset time has gone and so therefore this time through is going to be the last so this time it has to work uh, which so that and there's sort of something similar going on here but it's 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 a bit fuzzy. But as we were saying before, this is sort of fridge logic stuff. This is stuff that you worry yeah. about the day after when you open the fridge. It's not stuff you worry about too much as you're watching it. Mm. Yeah, whereas what plagued like Flux was that all of these questions were occurring to me in the moment. Yes. Um, <laughs> they, they, were, they were very much, I was screaming at the TV at many points, like, how, do, how does that work? What are you talking about? I... Um, whereas this one it distracts you long enough, which is what you want. Like you want it to sort of carry you along and, and then if it holds together afterwards, that's great. But, you know. I was yeah. frustrated. Especially if the I, I, emotions of the characters stay with you afterwards. Yes. Then a little, you know, some inconsistencies. You know, we're watching a story about an alien in a phone box traveling through time. It doesn't <laughs> all have to make perfect logical sense, but it has to carry you through. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, so the final item on my list, and I think it's an interesting one, and I think it really ties into everything that this episode is trying to say, which is that the Doctor fails. This episode starts with the Doctor leading her two companions straight into the waiting arms <laughs> of a Dalek, yeah. and they all die yeah. immediately yeah. because of her, like, ineptitude. Yeah. Um, well, the fact that she thinks that, that she knows how to beat Daleks, and yeah. they've gone, and then, oh, we She's learned. like, uh, no, we, we, we found a way around that very quickly. Um, they you're Jurassic, dead. They Jurassic Parked her. They wrapped yeah. her. Yeah. Clever girl, girl and bam. I was uh, super excited. It was it was the first it was before the it was like ten minutes into the show before the credits, and I was like, oh man, this is this is exciting now because are they really just gonna regenerate the doctor now? Is this oh no, we're not. I mean instantly I mean obviously it wasn't gonna be, but for a moment I was like, Wow, wow. But no. That's a, that's a good that's a good point for those of you with extensive Doctor Who history lore. Has the doctor ever been regenerated after a Dalek killing? Death. Has the, do- has the doctor um, been ever taken out? Technically, yes. The the tenth doctor. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the tenth, tenth doctor uh, had into the Metacrisis doctor is technically a regeneration, and that came mm. after a Dalek shot him. Yeah, he's running right. down the street towards Rose, and he gets he gets shot shot in the kidneys by a Dalek. But like, <laughs> Peter Davison didn't regenerate into Colin Baker. AKA no. the no, greatest no. doctor. Well, well, David Tennant regenerated into David Tennant. So. Uh, <laughs> Because why, as you said, why wouldn't I? Like, you know, looking, because he was so pretty. 
Anyway. No, I just, I just, I just said before why did, so Peter Davison wasn't like shot by a Dalek and turned into Colin Baker, aka the greatest Doctor, just because I wanted to ah, yes, yes. slip that old chestnut in there. <laughs> <laughs> he did then strangle his companion straight off the bat, so you know. What? <laughs> <laughs> Colin Baker. Do you know, do you not know that Natalie? Like the first thing that that the sixth doctor does is try to strangle Perry. <laughs> well, I mean, does she to know death. that he's the greatest doctor? Does she know that? Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's unconvinced of this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> based on based on uh, grip strength alone, she knows he's pretty powerful. <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting like and it's something you don't see a lot in this show because the doctor is often you know the doctor's often caught on the hop and having to improvise and stuff like that but you just don't see the doctor flat out fail and be instantly murdered that that doesn't happen a lot in this show and it's just interesting no. it's interesting and that then, the show sort of puts that it, out there and then there's a whole bunch of times where the, the doctor is just slightly ducking and the dalek manages to miss her a whole bunch yeah. of times sure they're, yes. running up a, they're running up corridors notoriously wide open spaces where shots could go anywhere um <laughs> yes. they're able to kind of navigate their way down a few corridors without getting well actually i mean it, it's kind of stupid but i did love that little interaction with nick where nick you know gets out of um oh, that's the, amazing the figure was... and she comes up and he, he's like oh you know i did a thing oh, yeah. she's like, did you just duck you're like oh nice yeah <laughs> that was great that was so great although i did i give him it was very cool that he was able to come up with that whole hey yeah no i did weapons assessment da, 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 da. I, you know, <laughs> it was a little that's bit cool for school that's because he's a serial killer that's because he <laughs> yeah, doesn't feel right. human emotion nor fear and that he just <laughs> he could just make up lines to lie he's a sociopath. That's fine. True, 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 true. Sarah's in a lot of trouble. They they're not really going on holidays. This and is, again, this it's it was like the exterminated line. It was a really, really good pun that I was okay that the setup was kind of labored to, to get to the joke of did you just duck? <laughs> like, yes. I was like, Yay, that was fun. But it is also part of Chris Chibnall's seeming agenda to make the Doctor as useless and irrelevant as possible. Sure. She tears up flights of stairs in order to go and save Nick, who has saved himself, and then she says, oh, well done, mate. (laughs) Well, you can't rely on a woman to save you. (laughs) Also, can I just point out, execution of Daleks, I mean, the Doctor did mention it, but really can't get through fold-down doors. Well, that's why I have got a How many machine guns? It's just firing its gun for like two minutes straight. And the doctor's like, well, it's going to be in any moment. You're like, how did you time lords not defeat these guys in two seconds flat? Like, these, like, what are you talking about? But anyway. Roller doors have defeated them through countless millennia. Maybe, well, I guess the doctor's. Um, the, the, the sonic screwdriver can't handle wood. So maybe we have discovered something that the Daleks just can't handle, a, a mm. little plastic roller doors. I mean, that's, that's sure. It used to be stairs. Now it's roller doors. Now it's roller doors. I like the fact uh, that Dalek just originally, as you said, they, they're sadistic. So it's like, I'll just wait out here. You've got to have a pee sometime. I'll just be waiting. <laughs> I could be anywhere. And you're like, yes, yes. I love the fact it's just waiting for you going, make a mistake, open the door. And you're like, oh, it's so <laughs> Also, just, at the oh, beginning patient. of each time loop, we see them sort of teleport in. Mm. Yeah. So if they can teleport, wouldn't it be similar they... to teleport uh, to the other side of the door? I thought they could only teleport to the foyer when they first appeared. That was where they appeared because... with a, a, a story. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, 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 the only reason I say <laughs> I say it like that is because uh, Sarah was downstairs when it all started, and then she's like, "Whoops!" and she sees a bright light appear downstairs, and she makes a run for it again because she realizes. But it's not. What's weird is it doesn't. You're right, actually. No, I just realized that my theory doesn't make sense because <laughs> that time they appeared where she was, but other times they didn't appear there when she started her loop. So it's not always the same spot. They can just. It definitely seems like hmm. they're somewhere else. <laughs> And they, they come in and they're the ones who put up the force field, right? Because there's no force field downstairs. Yeah, I mean, they just, or they just didn't check for a basement. I don't. <laughs> yeah, like, like they blocked the main entrance basically, but they, mm. they didn't worry about the, like the, the, the basement. Nobody goes out through the basement. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. But, but, but like that, that's what we're, we're thinking, right? So they're somewhere else and presumably they flash back to where they are and every time they're bringing like a or progressively they're bringing more and more like again it introduces a weird plot hole because then why wouldn't after they blow up the uh, storage unit place why wouldn't they then send five more executioner daleks to get the doctor a hundred a hundred yes. a thousand yeah. Yeah. Well, quickly. Yeah. They're sadistic torturers. It's not fun if everyone turns up. It's got to be a slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does seem odd. It's not like there were five and there were always those five, and at the end they're all destroyed. You're right. It just they, they keep seem to be. Po- it's the same ones though. Except that actually now, Evil Dan did say at one point, "Oh, you're new here, aren't you, mate?" Like he, that one of them didn't know that Dan was wasn't the Doctor's friend. Yes. So it wasn't up to date. It wasn't the it wasn't the one he'd met before, and it wasn't. Yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah, okay. Oh, man, we found a plot hole in a Chris Chibnall script. <laughs> <laughs> that was cruel. I should, that, that's, that's not charitable of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I will say I've said already a m- lot of stuff that's um, on my list we've talked about. So, yes, exterminate. That was a quality pun. It almost makes up for Chris Chibnall's entire um, milieu at this point. Uber, <laughs> I should say. Wow. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, it was like, it's not a high bar, Greg. We've discussed this. Um, it was a very good pun. I enjoy, as in it was a bad pun, but I enjoyed it very much. Ergo, it's a good pun. Um, <laughs> so uh, with a weird setup. Um, it also ties in with the he's a serial killer concept. Well, yes. I was very glad that they did, the they with time loops, often only one per- person remembers that they're in a loop. Mm. And this one was everyone remembers. I really liked that. I liked the way that they played that first snap back and it was to Nick and Sarah, both being a bit spaced out going, what? And having that deja vu reaction. I think they played that really well. And I was glad that they went with, oh, every time we remember what's happened and we can learn. Yeah, well, which obviously like is thematic as well, but but it's a nice, it's a nice mechanic as, well, to, yeah. Yes, it was, it was played well and feeds into what I... Um, sort of got from that big speech where we says we all need to pull together and learn and fail and fail again, fail again, that I think, you know, uh, some of you might agree with me, is kind of a good temp- template uh, or motto mm. for improvisation. Improvisational <laughs> comedy. Yes. Is where but- you get together as a group and you go out and you fail and you fuck up immediately and you die. And you're killed by a Dalek. <laughs> killed by a Dalek and then you go back and you give it another go and I just that had a little moment of like my heart just went oh that's kind of a nice improv philosophy and I might steal that and um <laughs> I you're gonna sit in the audience with a gun and no, 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 no. I meant like it's a really fun way of kind of quickly explaining to people hmm. like hey see this bit from Doctor Who that's kind of what improv is it's about going out and failing but you learn from your failures failures and over time you succeed, you get better. And I just thought that was a really nice nice message as someone was who's 
spent a lifetime screwing up, you know, <laughs> probably have this podcast already a few times, start 2022 as I mean to continue. But, yeah, I think sort of being able to we have to make a plan and then fail at it and let them kill us a few times because we know we'll come back and then eventually we can win. I, I liked all, that. I enjoyed that. That was almost a I am the doctor speech. I I've never got one from, from the 13th doctor. That was the, this yeah. episode had the closest I've ever seen that doctor go, I am the doctor and I'm the one who stops the monsters. And it's, it's kind uh, of, um, like, it's, oh, it's kind goodness. of, it's, kind but of. it's a bit tragic, isn't it? It's like, Hey, this is about failing. It's Christianal oh, it era. It's about yeah. failing. <laughs> there is that charitable reading, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. We're going to fail at Doctor Who until we're one day we get there. We're just going to keep failing until we get this right. It's like, I don't think you're going to do that last bit. <laughs> He's got two more episodes. He's got two. Come on, he can pull it out of the hat. Come on, guys. We'll get there in the end. So, yes, uh, Ashlyn B is great. Oh, Mrs. Doyle was her mum. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Oh, uh, my I- goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is too. It's Mrs. Doyle. And I'm so sorry I, I did not have time to look up the actor's name, but it's Mrs. Doyle from Father Ted. Pauline McClynn. That's it. Can I tell you and something about Pauline McClynn? Please do. I love her. When she first appeared as Mrs. Doyle in Father Ted, she was, I believe, 32. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> I, I had heard that, that they had to age her up and make her yep. up and... People were really surprised when they'd see her like on press things and they'd be like, oh, wow, you're a young woman. <laughs> but, you know, that's TV for you. But, no, she was. it was just that voice. And I just went, oh, my God, go on, go on, go on. Would you like a cup of tea, Father? <laughs> and I just, I, that was delightful. And imagine being a guest star and all you had to, I mean, talk about COVID, say, film me. She just had to film some stuff into her iPhone. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is this is a very COVID episode. Like, like it's it's a it's you know very self-contained, yeah. small cast of characters, an abandoned storage locker. Yeah. Um, so yes, uh, was the guy at the end Jeff? We've discussed that. Um, I want to I, ask a question. Is I want to point out something which is actually good is the fact that there is now consequences for the Doctor Greg, genociding, sh- genociding. Greg, you. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, please, Natalie, Look, please. Let's please. say great minds. I okay. wrote on my list the last thing I had was well, I had storage lo- lo- unit logistics, which we mentioned. But the other thing I had was <laughs> wow, some stuff got answered, and the doctor, as she said, her some of her decisions were catching up with her. The fact that mm. the as as we said in the Sontarans episode or the last episode of the Flooks, she killed off a whole bunch of. Uh, Daleks and Cybermen, and the Daleks are going, no, you need to answer for your crimes of yes. killing millions, uh, millions of us. <laughs> millions. Of our tiny, weird, freakish little jelly monsters. You genocided three races, lady. <laughs> <laughs> just pointing that out. I know we're the bad guys here, but who's the arsehole? When, That's when what we're supposed to say here. When the stand-ins for space Nazis like, are the ones who are saying, hey, you need to step back and just take a think about what you've done. You know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, do, uh, does was anyone else weirded out by the fact that like the doctor really dug in and tried to defend herself, and her defense was, yes. "Hey, that was the Centaurans plan. I just hijacked it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Don't blame me. <laughs> you were the ones who yeah, were but, going to no, but yeah, but no, but yeah. but no, but but yeah, yeah as a joke. <laughs> So yes, so Greg, you successfully. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, hijacked my. Strategy. I apologize. <laughs> it's 
like, and now I, three I just, races have to die. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I am all, the doctor. Of all the things that you uh, that you were able to psychically uh, tune in on, it was that one. So there you go. It was it was um, such a big thing. I thought that it was the doctor actually having some remorse when she was talking at the end when Yaz she was uh, you know something about my past is catching up with me. I was oh yes. my god, she has remorse. But then I went oh no no, she's talking about when that when when on planet time or planet mm. space whatever the hell it was she turned up as, as the time monster and went by the way i'm kicking your ass tomorrow bye i love you bye and and left for no reason so yeah that, um, that's arc stuff that that's yeah not, yeah yeah it wasn't oh, the doctor having right. a moment of self-reflection it was the doctor going "Ooh, the story told me that i'm gonna get my bum kicked soon so i have to now be sad my current oh. actor is leaving so i need yeah. to be all um yeah. p- portentous is, yeah, is that yeah. oh gosh so she doesn't care that she killed three races she does no. she gives she no she, she makes a full-throated defense <laughs> So what you're saying is that she should really be looking at Nick at becoming one of her companions and they can work together. (laughs) The the, the serial killer guy. Serial killer Nick. And you might be a good companion for me. You seem to like disposing of people. (laughs) Only only murders in the TARDIS. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, um, but yes, she did say that because Yaz at one point, there were a couple of things Yaz said. One one was stop running off all the time, Doctor, as the Doctor went running merrily off. And yes. What a stupid thing to say to the Doctor. Stop running off and leaving us. It's like that's what the, doc- the Doctor, literally the first word that the new Doctor series started with was run. It, it, it was an it's odd also, thing. I like to point out just I understand where the Doctor's coming from. If, someone, if I got backed into the corner emotionally by someone that I cared for. And they're like, Greg, for God's sakes, you've got to stand here and deal with the problem. I'd be like, bye! <laughs> Leap out the window. I I really understand where the doctor's coming from. It's like, you mean I can Oh, running away. That's a great plan. Oh, man. Can I just retell the story of the time that uh, Greg and I were in a Terry Pratchett play? And um, Greg was playing Igor, who was a, an Igor in, in the Terry Pratchett world. Oh, no. Oh, no. And Natalie. No. <laughs> no, it's a great story. It's hilarious uh. because, no, 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 it's not a bad It doesn't reflect badly on you. It's hilarious. You there mean the time, a- I, the, team, the time I threw one of my co-actors to the wolves on stage, that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, go on, please. <laughs> no, no, because there was uh, you. It was you and the woman playing Nanny Og. You had a few lines and then I think your mind went blank. Yes, I had a total. I had a like like a whole half a page of, of dialogue to explain this what it was going on. I was basically as a narrative man, and I and You're I egoing like this, and I and I had a total brain fart and lost every word. <laughs> it all left my brain on stage with Louise as Nanny Og, and she can only respond. She can't. So if me going, well, mistress, blah, 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 exposition, exposition. And so she can't say anything. She's waiting for me. And then she says, don't you have something to say, Igor? Kind of thing, you know, like kind of. And I'm, I go, no. And I just walk off stage. <laughs> I, I literally just said no and walked off stage. And then she's standing there going, oh, because that was the whole plot you were meant to give me. Uh-oh. A copy of the script in the wings. Uh, no, I just was running. I was, I was just, at that point, I was just... <laughs> I was, if I could get out before the director got me with a stick, I was home free. That's I think it. we um, moved swiftly on. And the rest I think the lights just all... went down and then I was hunted for sport. Are... <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us had quite a giggle. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh. That's so it happens. Awful. It happens. It happens yes. sometimes. Yes. I saw it happen to, to Rufus Sewell 
Rufus Sewell. Live on stage at the National Theatre in Arcadia. Thinking woman's crumpet, Rufus Sewell. Yes. Uh, in the middle of Arcadia, he just stopped and said, assuming there was a prompt, line? Oh, well. There was no prompt. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he said, does anybody know my line? <laughs> <laughs> then the other actor came in, presumably with a line, the next line that made sense, and then they got back into it again. Wow. Uh, yes, it, it, it happens to the best. It happens to the best of us, Greg. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. <laughs> Me and Rupert Sewell have a very similar career <laughs> yes. path. <laughs> <laughs> I was also in Dark City. Hang on a minute. Uh, wow, that's a, that's dark. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, most recently, what would I have saw him in? He was in that Queen Victoria series. He was in that mm. M Night Shyamalan movie, Old. Oh, I didn't oh, see that because I, that's I well. the, yeah, that's the beach quite, that makes you old. That's right. Yeah, it's quite fun. <laughs> Is it all right that movie? Or yeah, because aren't most of his movies now slightly um... shit? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this, as one's, in... this one's all right. This one's okay. Okay. I saw on Twitter or someone, someone say that the movie is called Old, which is a short word that is easy to say, but we don't call it Old. We call it the movie about the beach that makes you old. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I love that about the internet. <laughs> so the sea devils are back. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, they are in, in a very unsettling uh, CGI fashion. Um, so are they, are they an actual historical villain? They are, yes. They're cousins to the Silurians? Is that how it works? Yeah, first seen in a a John Pertwee story with the Master in the 1970s. Came back weirdly wearing samurai gear in the (laughs) ambitious Peter Davison story, Warriors (laughs) of the Deep. Uh, And we haven't seen them since. So, I mean, Sea Devil sounds a bit like pirate talk. Is that a a pirate, you know? They're they're the Silurians with different masks, basically. They're the Silurians with different masks. Mm. Okay, okay. And they live in the sea. Yeah. And they are inhabitants of Earth from before there were humans and they want the Earth back. I mean, do they want the Earth back or they just want the oceans back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bandits. It's well, like, is it, is it like the episode? Column a, of, some from column B. Is it like the episode of The Simpsons where the dolphins become sentient and then invade the land and jump everywhere and go, <laughs> I'm Storky. Many years ago. <laughs> that was a great episode. So it's not like that. They're not. Are they going to talk or are they just going to like. <laughs> They, they do well, generally have dialogue, yeah. So they speak beautiful, received pronunciation English, I assume. Hello, we're the Sea Devils. <laughs> <laughs> we find that name very insulting. How do you do, like, sir? Like, to Would us, you, like you are the of... land devils. It's very racist. <laughs> Would you like a cup of tea? We boil it in our salt water. Don't like it, it? Go it jump. It a bit of a higher boiling temperature. They yeah. don't say go jump in a lake. They say go jump on a street. <laughs> wow listen i'm snapping here it's it's ashlyn b and me we're on the same level guys come on it's Aww. so if we, if we just so the the story is really just going to we're gonna have one more like standalone story and then we're going to have like a wrap-up story where the doctor has to has to yeah. regenerate yeah, oh, there's two oh, more specials um, yeah, okay, so there's, right. there's this yeah. sea devils one which seems to be set uh with the pirate queen of singapore oh that's right uh, which yeah, is actually yeah, exactly. actually a really cool idea i like it yeah she's a real yeah. person too i was listening to a podcast yeah. all about her recently yeah were you listening cool. to your dead to me uh yes that's what, yes. yes exactly yes because uh you're dead to me i follow greg jenner who runs that very very fun podcast and he did an episode about mary seacole 
that came out like a week or two before the Doctor Who episode about Mary mm. Seacole. And I saw him tweet yesterday that this, 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 twice in the last couple of months, we've done an episode on someone that is now in a Doctor Who, uh, on a famous <laughs> historical woman that's now in a Doctor Who episode. I thought, I just assumed for some reason, because he does it on the BBC or whatever, that it was like pre-planned. I don't know why I thought that, but yeah. Uh, there you go. So uh, just Chris Chibnall scuttling around the air conditioning ducts of other BBC shows. Um, <laughs> get out of there, Chris! Yes. Get out of the bloody get out of the vents, bloody hell, Chris! <laughs> <laughs> the great thing is that, that I mean, there are loads of you know great pirate queens in history. I mean, the fact that there hasn't been an Irish series about um, Gronya O'Malley. Yeah, Gronya O'Malley would be great. That'd be, yeah, yeah. I, the Doctor I, should definitely meet Gronya O'Malley, especially this Doctor should meet Gronya O'Malley. Well, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the, like, piracy was like a legit career path for many women. It's great. And it remains an untouched kind of, I mean, maybe there's been pirate shows, maybe it has been covered a bit, but I guess in the mainstream is what I'm saying. Shows that mm. I watch is what I'm saying. Shows that I can be bothered to watch. I'm surprised <laughs> have not had more pirate queen content. Anyway, okay, well, I created a vacuum of conversational there. <laughs> conversational vacuum. Uh, final thoughts, everyone. I've said it already, but I thought this was a really interesting uh, episode to sort of explore the fact that sometimes the doctor fails and gets it wrong and then has to try and get better. And thematically, that, that ties into what the episode is just sort of saying, which is more generally, you know, we all just we all just try to get better and we, we do the best we can. And every year we have a bit of a reset and hopefully things go better than this year, you know? So mm. I think that was really interesting that the episode kind of yeah. dug into that a little and, and really made it its central thesis and then made all the things that happened about that. I think that's a, a, a focus that has been lacking from a lot of the recent episodes. And I think it was just nice to get back to something that felt intentional. If, if it didn't always succeed, at least you knew it was trying to do something. Yeah. And maybe because it is New Year's, like, and because it, it sort of hit that button really, really well, that is why I, you know, felt quite an affinity for the episode as I watched it. I was like, I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> I'm not finding this confusing. Well, as you know, I find all Doctor Who confusing and stuff. There's always something about it that I don't quite understand what's happening. But it was it was diverting. I do have one nit nitpicky thing. I mean, you know, the whole concept. A wizard did it this time. It was a wizard's box did it, and yes. it was. And so the TARDIS did it, and even and that's fine. And I was happy. Of, whatever the TARDIS is resetting. It's it's a it's a it's a massive powerful time machine. I, I was happy with it. But weirdly, at the end, the Doctor puts a hat on it and goes, oh, did you do that old girl? Oh, how mysterious. And I was like, hmm, that steals. Why did you have to point out? The fact that they pointed out that it was mysterious mm. made me more annoyed with it than if they just went, ah, oh, the TARDIS. Obviously, it's something the TARDIS does when it resets. Cool. Uh, obviously, it's something. I kept wondering, is that them trying to, once again, in the future say, oh, no, it wasn't. I'm reading too much into it. It was just a line that didn't need I, to be there, I guess. Well, I didn't mention earlier, but yes, the fact that we talked about in the flooks about how the TARDIS was kind of wrecked and broken a bit and that mm. never came back. It came back in this episode. I think we sort of talked about, unless they're going to fix it in that in the New Year's it episode. Did, it did. did but... did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they, they address <laughs> yeah. it and they use it as the inciting incident for this, which mm. is... Uh, you know, I mean, if fine, you I seen guess. Flux, like, it looks like the, the doctor's just doing some extreme interior decorating. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and and also, if this was, 
if this was any other era of the show, they would have opened those doors and that interior console room would have changed yes, significantly. Yes, yes, and yes, instead, they just open it up and it's just exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't. The colours are different. They're different sure, colouring. Yes, the the colours and the lights and, yeah. and it was slightly a few changes. Yeah. Which is a weird I, thing to do, a kind of interior redecoration a few episodes out from a full yes. Doctor. It's probably, it's probably the next Doctor is not going to get to a change. The TARDIS. Oh, uh, right. Oh, that's a, that's a shame. It, well, not, not straight away. I mean, sometimes David Tennant didn't, did he? No, that's exactly yeah. right. They, they have to work with the budgets that they have. No, I was exactly, uh, Stu, exactly what I was saying. I opened the door and I was like, you sexy thing. I was That was the moment I was waiting for. Yeah. Even if it was the next Doctor's TARDIS interior that they already built for that person. Yeah. I just wanted, and I was like, oh, it's... Oh, okay, it's fine. very similar. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just they, they changed the colours and made it less gloomy. Um, that's fine. Uh, I did find it funny that the doctor had to switch it on and then tell everyone to run and not get crushed. But yes. things move, which is great. The, the spindly things all rotated weirdly around. and That was a cool effect. It was just like mm. surely she could have landed it and then done the thing and yeah. everyone could have been waiting well, by the door. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He was, just, yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, you get outside. I'm going to switch off the TARDIS and I'm going to run. You don't have to be here. Once again, the doctor's a serial killer. She's a, she's a sociopath who doesn't guys, really care if the, if the monkey she travels with get murdered. You're missing the other really important thing, which is that the doctor flicked the switch and then picked up her coat to go yes. run. Put your coat on first. In seven seconds. And then you don't jump halfway out of a cab and then grab your handbag. You get everything on you and then you duck and roll. Well, she hasn't been a woman for very long, so maybe she hasn't got that well, kind I, of sense I, I, memory I assume yet. This, I assume that men have shopping bags in a cab occasionally and, you know, I assume that this is an example that all genders and orientations <laughs> can interpret for themselves. Sure. Once again, the doctor, I guess it's just the doctor being the doctor. That's That's a thing of... Oh, well. Yeah. And the other thing, didn't she said, I, I've never done it before, but didn't she do exactly the same thing when she took the two wires at, from the door and, and, and reset the TARDIS? Isn't, yeah, she doesn't really know mm. how the TARDIS works. Well, she, she, well that, that's the doctor. But, that's, but she reset the, when the flux hit, the flux hit, uh, she reset it, and then now she's, but it must be a different reset. That must be a very different thing. So anyway, um, this is nitpicking. It's nitpicking. But there I are just... many ways to reset a TARDIS. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, well, gentlemen, thank you. Um, but before we we log off, maybe uh, maybe we can do a little bit of a quick roundtable because um, Stu and I obviously, well, I mean, Stu hasn't sort of confirmed this either way, but we need to get back into our Raven Bat because um, we're going through all the Batman films and then we'll be up for other pop culture kind of things. Are there anything going into 2022 that you guys are particularly excited about? Anything coming up? Anything... I am watching all of Star Trek. Oh, yes. Tom is doing a Star Trek Twitter project. I'm, I'm very here for this. I'm, I'm watching with interest. <laughs> I figured out that if I start watching the first episode transmitted of Star Trek back in 66, uh, and then I watch an episode a day, counting the, the movies as one episode each, uh, then I'll get to the last episode of Enterprise on uh, Christmas Day 2023. That is... Uh, <laughs> That so that's what I'm doing. And, and no plans to go beyond that, Tom. No, you're not going to hit Discovery or Picard or anything? We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> well, I, I, I'd have to watch those fucking awful films first. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, there, was a, there was an end of Star Trek. It went away after the end of Enterprise for quite a long time. So that sort yes. of feels like an appropriate place to stop. And I saw everything else as it came out. I didn't see, uh, apart from Next Generation, I, I didn't see uh, the complete cycle 
of any of the other series. I've definitely missed uh, right. at least at least a few episodes here and there. So that's that's part of the reason for doing this. So and do you know um, what? Star Trek's really good. <laughs> yeah. William Shatner's a really good actor. He gets a lot of stick, but in those early episodes, he's really good. I can't tell you if I've ever watched a Star Trek episode of like original Star Trek. I think yeah, I've seen some. I think it's I've very seen fun. Voyager. Is it all online now? Or yeah, it's all on Netflix. Oh, it was on Netflix. They might have gotten off. I think Paramount Plus is slowly clawing them all back. Ah, uh, okay. I'm sure, given the circles you move in, Natalie, uh, somebody will be happy to lend you a DVD or Blu-ray. All oh, right, <laughs> good point. That at some point this year we're going to get. House of the Dragon. Yes. Yay! Very much looking forward to that. <laughs> we're back we're to Raven on Classic. Raven on Classic, um, which I'm super excited about because I don't know how many episodes it is, whether it's eight or ten or I should really know that. I'm assuming ten because that's what the originals were, but I could be wrong. Could be a six, could be an eight. Who knows? But you are guaranteed so much content from me at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I will make it work. I don't know how. Because I'm yet to get the dates, but we'll we'll make it work. Because, uh, yeah, I'm so excited about House of the Dragon because I think it has a decent chance of being good. Yes, well, um, uh, George R. R. Martin posted just before Christmas uh, on on his blog. He he still has a a, a Google blog. Oh. He's um, writing which that, is a, a blogspot thing. Um, and yeah, he, he's writing that. He's he's always he's always updating that. And he said that he's seen uh, a rough cut of the first episode, and it, it's very good. Um, <gasps> and I guess he would say that, but you know, um, he uh, he seems he seems to be very positive about the whole thing. So. Did he write this? Is it based on a book? Yeah, well, it's based on um, well, it's based on uh, his book Fire and Blood, which is like oh, a, a okay. history of the Targaryen kings. Ah, okay. Uh, and and specifically, it's about the Targaryen civil war. Ah, cool. And so it's really it's... interesting because Stu has already done some back-end research on this, but I'm now kind of shutting myself off because I want to do my typical thing of just watching the episode and kind of mm. learning and not too um, spoiling myself. So, so we're flipping the dynamic. We, we are Ooh. a little bit. Not Ooh. that I actually watched. I didn't read any Game of Thrones ahead, but I guess Stu is coming in hot with the, with the knowledge and I'm coming in oh. Cold is, with is, the, is, there, is there like a young, sexy Sejora in this, like like hanging out and doing cool stuff? <laughs> <laughs> the prince that was promised and then stolen from me. But anyway, it's it's, it's unfortunately a bit too I said a bit too far in the past for that to be uh, feasible. But you know, I, I don't know, Tom. Uh, uh, were you much of a Game of Thrones person? Uh, I, I watched it with interest. Yeah, I watched every episode, but I, I never read the books, and I was never super invested in it. And so uh, I didn't have the kind of emotional crisis that some people had when the last series wasn't yeah. quite as good as the <laughs> A lot of people had. I met someone the other day, like last Friday, who I hadn't met in a few years, like an ex-work colleague of my dad's. And I had to admit, I'm so, he said, oh, we have met before a few times. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he went, now I just have a bone to pick with you about that final season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie's like, fault. it's your fault. Um, no, no, no. Just it's like, it was bad, wasn't it? It was real bad. And he was, in, he's English actually. And, uh, and I was like, I, I mean, I don't think it was that bad. I think everyone, I think it was such a loved show that it was always going to be really difficult to stick the landing. And also because the producers had kind of checked out and gone, we just want this done. Whereas they could have done a whole another season or a whole few more episodes at least to 
mm. maybe flesh it out a bit more. But um, it's always hard when you recommend something. I, I many 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 years ago, I was a very young man. And I was telling, like, I was trying to explain to my family this really cool thing called Blackadder. And, <laughs> and, and they were like, oh, what is it? And I was like, no, no, we have to watch Blackadder. We have to watch Blackadder. It's amazing. So, and, and it was one, I think it was Christmas. And, and so the, it was like an extended family thing. And I was pushing for Blackadder. And so we sit down and watch Blackadder Goes Forth. And I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. It was the last episode of Blackadder Goes Forth where oh, they yikes. all die. And and so we watch, and at the end, everyone, like my entire extended family, like look at me, and I'm like, oh, this is not what it's normal. This is not. This is not the show. I don't know what happened. I am, uh, and they're like, we will never listen to your recommendations again. <laughs> and I lost. I mean, that is a classic episode of television. Let's not let's not be <laughs> let's not go crazy. Yeah. But and the thing is, everything up until that moment is really funny. It's yeah, but it's yeah. Unfortunately, they were they were looking a bit of a lighthearted Christmas fun, yeah. not um, not not the Great War well, murders all our young men. Now this so, is the uh, interesting thing because speaking of that, <laughs> I assume we'll get the third season of Ted Lasso this year. Did you guys all watch Ted? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I haven't caught up on Ted Lasso yet. So oh, Ted, mate. you like yeah, Ted Lasso? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I mean, the the last series suffered slightly because they were given two extra episodes at the last minute and made the I think sensible decision to make them basically two standalone episodes rather yes. than take eight episodes worth of plot and stretch it out over ten episodes. But those yes. two episodes are a bit weird uh, and don't quite work. Everything else is amazing. Uh, uh, even okay, uh, the the <laughs> the uh, and I'm not going to give anything away, but even uh, the arc for Nick Mohammed's character, which is a bit hard to swallow i think they know what they're doing and i think they're going to stake the landing i I okay well that's yeah so this is the thing i was recommended ted lasso by a friend who was just rhapsodizing it for ages and eventually she you know got me onto it and i was like oh my god it's the first season of ted lasso i think is perfect tv i then made greg watch it Mm. Um, and he is similar thing. Recommend, recommend. It's so good. It's so good. What's you funny? How good it what's is. funny when people recommend? Th- I always like when people don't recommend things properly. Uh, to, like, <laughs> that, so, so Ted, everyone was like, "Greg, you have to watch Ted Lasso." I'm like, what the hell is Ted Lasso? Oh, uh, it's about football. Why would you? Why would I want to watch something about football? It's like, oh no, no, no. But it's not about football. It's about this American teaching football. I mean, you are not selling this to me at all. <laughs> I, I don't care. Oh no, he's like a nice American. What are you talking about? So and, and <laughs> they like, don't and, exist. <laughs> and, and no, 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 no. It's just this weird thing. And then finally, Natalie, they shut up and watch it. And I was like, I will watch one episode. You, you get one episode out of me, and then I'm leaving the room. And then I'm like, put another episode on. Put another episode on. It was great. <laughs> it's it was very like, yeah. Back you in know the, the day, backstory of Ted Lasso, don't you, Greg? It's um, it was it, it's an SNL sketch, isn't it? Or a, no, uh, it's an ad. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. It's what? so bizarre. It was a it was an ad uh, for a, a, a TV network that I think was running British soccer on American television, and they hired Jason Sudeikis to basically explain soccer. Oh my goodness! And then, <laughs> then Bill Lawrence, who created Scrubs, uh, was given the task of turning this into a sitcom. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Bill Lawrence plus Jason Sudeikis equals magic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah now yeah, it is. this is mm. the thing. So I was very excited. I I enjoyed. I enjoyed series two, but the whole time, every episode, I just had this weird gnawing sense of this is not as good. This is not as good. So, yes, the the Nick Muhammad storyline frustrated me, but also what they did with um, Rebecca really frustrated me as well. I felt very angry at how they treated her character. So I agree with you. I think very much, Tom, that they kind of were very going into like we've got a series two and a series three, 
which obviously they have to, they're back in the competition, they have to win the premiership. Like that, they even said that at the end of series one. So maybe they'll upend it and they'll do something else. And I look forward to that because I like it when they switch things up. I think they're very good at that. But um, yeah, I just, there were elements of season two that I really did not like and made me, left me angry, left me like annoyed because I love these characters so much. Isn't that funny? In Bill Lawrence, we trust. <laughs> well, yes, I, 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 I do. I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to support it. Like I wouldn't ever like turn it off because I, I, the se- the first season was so good. But yeah, there were parts of series two that really made me cranky, and I, I don't know how to articulate exactly why. <laughs> and if we're if we're making recommendations, the best show on television at the moment, and I'm sure this will be news to nobody, is Succession. I need I, to get on it. I need to get I on it. I haven't seen a single it. episode, and I want to. I it's have to, absolutely I've... fantastic. What I will say is I found the first episode a bit sort of disorienting and it is one of those shows where almost nobody is likable, but it is this fantastic combination because it is on the one hand a drama written almost entirely by comedy writers and it's also an American show written almost entirely by British people. Right. And so it is this, it is this fantastic balance. Uh, so it, it's all about uh, terrible rich people doing terrible things to each other yeah and so the stakes are basically nothing because ultimately who cares you're all awful and i hate you but yet the characters are so good and they're so funny that yeah. it's almost impossible not to get drawn into their orbit but i would say give it two or three episodes because it doesn't I, spoon feed you it I, I heard you it right described in. yeah yeah I, I heard it described as um the spiritual successor to arrested development which i was yes, like i really good find comparison. that very interesting yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, and the third season has been the best yet. Uh, it's, so, it's been absolutely stellar. I've only ever heard good things. I have only watched, I think, the first... I watched the first two or maybe three, and I think it's like a Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones took me four episodes to be all in. And I think Succession, I think I just dropped out or got distracted before I got to the... Oh my, because two things that really disorientated me from it um, was... Uh, the character who had like a wank against the window in the first (laughs) episode or something. I was like, okay, I'm I'm weirded out by that. Obviously incest in medieval times I can get with, but this, that was, (laughs) I don't know if something about that was very visceral to me. And I was like, oh, oh, gross. And then Matthew McFadden's character, who everyone has been talking about. I keep seeing photos of him. Obviously something happened in the season three finale that he's part of, but he's Mr. Darcy. Like he's Mr. Darcy. (laughs) And he was this weird, in the episodes that I saw, he's this weird sniveling suck up who then was like picking on someone lower than him. It was that classic thing of like kicking the people, like we were just talking about with the doctor and Yaz and turning around and kicking the people. Like that's, it made my skin crawl. I was like, I can't watch Mr. Darcy be this horrible (laughs) snake person. That really turned me off. So I'm going to have to get over that. You are. Um, Matthew McFadden's puppy dog eyes and yeah. (laughs) Uh, but I do mean to, I should get onto Succession. I would, I'd like to recommend something very, very, very strange. It's only six minutes long. Uh, it's, it's on YouTube. You can find it. It's called Biocop. And it's a fake trailer for an 80s movie. So it was made in, in, in the early 20, like 2012. Right. And it, but it's meant to be like an eight, it's like Robocop's kind of trailer. And it's a cop who has been uh, given the power of immortality and can never die, but his body is constantly melting and he's in, he's in, horrific, he's in horrific pain all the time. And, and yes, I know. Uh, I, you, when you get a chance, go watch, find on YouTube Biocop, the 12, 2012 trailer, 
and it's bizarre and i just went it's it, it hits that schlock horror 80s action it's it's just perfect uh, and I laughed my ass off because people are like, damn it, you damn it, buy a cup, you're off the force. He's like, why can't I die? <laughs> uh, and it, it's, it's just, if you're into 80s schlock, it, 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 it's only six minutes. It's six minutes of your life. So it's, it's, it's not made in the 80s. It's obviously. No, 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 no. Made, it was yeah. made, made made like eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2012, I think it was made. 2016, somewhere around right. there. And uh, yes, but it's made by, made by these uh, Astron 6, they're called. They're a company in America, like all these. Uh, creature feature kind of uh, B movie B movie producers in America, and they yeah they made this trailer for the movie that they wish they could have watched when they were children in the eighties, and right. it's it's called Biocop, and it's not good, it's amazing, <laughs> very nice. When you said a Biocop, I thought oh he's Robocop, but he's made of human. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. He's biological, yeah. so he's yeah. like Robocop in the intensity, and but he's just a human guy. <laughs> Um, anyway, thank you to everybody for listening to this New Year's Eve Eve of the Daleks special. Please thank Tom. I don't know why I'm saying this like there's an audience, but you are an audience. So you've got Tom. Thank you so much, Tom, for coming from London. Round of applause. Thank you for Great. having me. Thank you for coming from Perth. Uh, Stu, thank you thank for you. coming from the other side of Brisbane. Uh, on the <laughs> other side of Brisbane. Patreon.com slash girl clumsy. Thank you so much to all my patrons for your wonderful support in 2021 and going into 2022. We will have Game of Thrones related content this year and I'm so excited. Find us all on Twitter. I'm at girl clumsy. We've got at Disco Stu, at The Wah and at Tom Selinsky. He is Star Trekking across the Twitterverse. Every day a Star Trek treat. <laughs> Every day he's shuffling. Uh, go follow Best Pick Pod. Smart enough to know better pod. In fact, they did a crossover. You guys did a crossover recently where you just got we on. We did. We crossed the got, streams. You crossed <laughs> the streams. Got nerdy about into your different TARDIS time streams. Talk Doctor Who, which is fun. And Stu and I will be back with more content as we move into 2022. Thank you, everyone, for joining me. And as we always like to end these podcasts, um, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, see you all soon. Bye. Okay. You'll see those will be listening by the end. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, everyone. Stop. This is, this is quality, quality holiday time entertainment. Okay. I. Shut up. You're the only one speaking, Natalie. You're the only one speaking. (laughs) Yes, but everyone can hear the censure in your silence. (laughs) All of you.